Hi, welcome to Chalk Talk Sports Podcast about powering you. I'm your host, Daryl Duvall, inviting you to see us weekly to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Android. Coming soon, Facebook Live. Um, just a little information you was found to inspire and to light people who are on a personal journey. With that in mind, we decided to create a platform to share the stories of great athletes. It comes in motivation they have to be trained to push themselves to another level. Leaders are trained to find out what motivates a team and personal motivates drive individuals. Today's guest is Darren Hayes, current sports director and sports USA TV DC and a former sports ESPN sports anchor, sports center anchor. Guest on 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 our show today. Let's uh, let's first talk about how bro- how you broke into sports reporting. Uh, well, I broke into sports reporting. Actually, it was um, it was it was my mother's fault, I guess you can say. Um, I actually went to college to be a biology teacher um, when I was at the University of Rhode Island, and uh, I actually transferred. I was a football player, transferred to a different school, and that that second school, the University of New Haven, they didn't have an undergraduate education program. And my mother was like, well, you do this radio station at, at or you used to do a radio station at URI, Smooth Groove in the Afternoon, which was a hit, by the way. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, I used to do the PA for like Pop Warner games, the Little League games back in my home hometown in Connecticut. And uh, she was like, why don't you switch it to broadcasting? And, and I switched it to broadcasting and now she wants 10 percent of my check. <laughs> oh, bro for helping you to launch your career in sports broadcasting. So I kind of want to talk about, you know, some of the things that you've kind of been through and then kind of ended with what's going on today and uh, also later. But your job highlights out of all the places that you worked at, I mean, which which job kind of stood out for you? I mean, the, 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 the sports center one is, is the one that always stands out for me because there are a lot of people in this world that want to achieve something. They want to go after their dream and some fall short of achieving their dream or living their dream. And I, w- I got the opportunity to actually live my dream. Um, however, I kind of now have like two dreams where, yes, the ESPN Sports Center was the dream job. And that's what I worked um, a lot of my career to get to. And I achieved that. However, when they had the layoffs back in 2017, uh, it was kind of like, okay, well, what's next? And now I'm currently at a job where I'm the sports director. I call all the shots. I, uh, I dictate my schedule, and I basically am, am free to kind of put together a sports cast the way I want to. And when, you're, and when you're yourself and nobody's really, like, dictating how you should be uh, outside who you actually are, you can have so much more fun. So I'm living like a different dream now. Now, when you was at ESPN, you kind of, I think you produced a couple of shows. Is that correct? Are you uh, never, well, didn't produce shows, but I, I mean, you can say I produced different segments that, uh, um, segments. Yeah. you know, yes. I was uh, suited or booted. Um, uh, gosh, what were some of my other ones? It's been so long. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there there are different things that I that I help produce, come up with different ideas on how I wanted to present it. But I was, you know, I was also on shows like Sports Center. Sports Center was my main show, uh, but I I would also be on on um, uh, Goal Line or Buzzer Beater, which were basically like uh, NFL Red Zone, but in college basketball and also college football. And then I also hosted um, uh, one of the NBA shows, which uh, used to come on ESPN. So who was your best person working together with on ESPN Sports? Ah, uh, ooh, I don't want to get you. In but no, no, nah, nah, you're not gonna get me. You're not gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna point this guy out for a particular reason. And a lot of people may not know him by name, but his name is Zubin Mahenti. And Zubin, oh, exactly. But but Zubin at first, when we first got there, this is not what I said. Other people will say that they call him like the Sports Center Mister Rogers because he kind of had like a sort of corny approach. But the thing about Zubin, Zubin is one of the smartest people I've ever met. And every single Friday, we, we used to always joke around. And I would tell Zubin, I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's Friday. Let's test your black history. Now, Zubin is, is Indian, Indian. His family's from India. And I will break down some black history stuff and he and questions, and he would know it. 
better than black people. Um, Zubin was the, well, not was, he is the human encyclopedia. I've never met someone who knew so much. And there's a reason why he's still there to this day, because you can put him in any particular situation and he can handle it. And working alongside him, just his knowledge and, 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 and of the game is just is mind blowing. Now, see, you probably wanted me to say, like, when Stuart Scott kicked me off the desk or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, uh, I was trying yeah, to find somebody but, that I might but, know. Yeah, but <laughs> Zubin was that guy, man. So what was one of the best stories you kind of talked about that you can, uh, I mean, best uh, stories or moments at ESPN? Stories and moments. Um, uh, okay, I can give you two. I mean, uh, well, the best moment, like I was mentioning about the Stuart Scott one, I was anchoring the Sports Center from 9 to 11, and Stuart Scott and uh, Buchagross come through. And, and Stuart Scott's like, he's like, man, get out of that seat, young player. Let these real dogs show you how you do it. Uh, and it was one of those it was one of those moments where, like, technically, like, you got played. But, like, you know how family would joke with you and be sarcastic. But at the same time, yeah. like, that's Stuart, that's Stuart Scott. That's the man. So it was kind of one of those, like, man, you can take the chair, man. Like, you paved the way for so many of us. And that's one of the things I remember the most or the time where he, Stuart Scott, hit me up. And he was just like, man, good show. I like what you did with this. I like what you did with that. And I had to sit back. And sometimes it still blows your mind that you were actually working at ESPN, but you're like, man, Stuart Scott actually watched my show. Um, you know, rest in yeah. peace to Stuart Scott, he, but Stu was a legend. Um, and then for, for broadcasting purposes, I, I, I still take, take a lot of pride in being a part of basically the, the, uh, the show that set up Kobe Bryant's farewell tour or his, far, his last game where we basically, I, I went maybe about 20, 25 minutes just by myself on Sports Center, going back and forth through another reporter who was at, at Staples Center, uh, talking about Kobe's final game. And that moment was just priceless for me. And then tossing it to the crew to start the, uh, the Kobe Bryant game. And knowing now, like, obviously Kobe Bryant's one of the best players ever played the game, but knowing what, he happened, what happened now in his life just recently uh, makes you cherish that moment even more. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's so hard to. Uh, I mean, it, even when you think about it, I mean, I was on my phone and I was looking at something where, um, you know, his wife was was suing the uh, the airplane, the service, the air pilot or whatever. The uh, and you know, I mean, you don't know what went through their minds and LAPD or whoever the county said that we couldn't fly and and so. You know, they're trying to throw this case out because it's like, well, if they said you couldn't fly, uh, then why did they must have convinced the guy to fly? So it's not his fault. And I mean, it's just like, it's just, I mean, that thinking about that and leaving and and you losing your daughter to a kid on that side, mm-hmm. I mean, it's and the way it happened. Um, and I mean, then you bring, you know, dying of, of a uh, of cancer, you know, my late wife died of cancer, and and just, I mean, Stewart was a, I mean, I, mean, I can't even say what Stewart was. I mean, uh, on on his, I mean, he paid, and they lost. He, a, he paved the, I mean, he paved the way. He brought the the urban culture to the game when when people were kind of looking at urban culture as in being uneducated, and and it was different. I mean, he went through tons of challenges to to probably just say yo on the airwaves and, and you know I, and I was there when he passed away and I was there when we all got together with all the ESPN people to talk to his daughters um you know and and we met at an ice cream place and this was a place Stu used to always bring his daughters for Father's Day and for Father's Day we all met up at at uh this ice cream place in in Connecticut um and and you can just tell how big of an influence Stu was I mean he was a girl dad just like Kobe right so uh, I want to kind of turn to what's going on right now. What is your th- uh, COVID nineteen has really changed the landscaping of sports, and what is your thoughts of where sports is going right now? And I mean, what is, well, the good thing about it is 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 uh, go ahead, finish your question. Go ahead. Now that was it. Now, what is your thoughts, and where do you think is going? 
uh, what direction is going into. Well, I think the sports is going to change just like the, the world is going to change for who knows how long. Um, you know, you know, baseball just had just put out a proposal to try to um, bring baseball back Fourth of July weekend. Of course, it has to be approved and stuff like that by the players' union. But yeah, um, I saw that. but it gives you it gives you an idea of what sports could look like and what sports looks like. To be honest, is going to be in a place where there's going to be constant testing and there's not going to be any fans. Um, do you think everything's going to be got to be very very safe? Hmm? Do you think NBA is coming back this year? Season. Do I think the NBA? Do I think the NBA will come back this year? No, this uh, season. This season. I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean toward. Yeah, well, I'm gonna lean towards yes. Because here's the thing about it: it's one of those things where it's like, okay, when one professional team makes an attempt to come back, then it's kind of almost sometimes like a snowball effect. Now, baseball is a little bit different than basketball because baseball, you're outside, so you have more of that that air circulating around rather than you're inside a building like the NBA. Um, however, it still provides hope, and, and a lot of these professional organizations want to bring sports back. And when you have one that's making an attempt to bring it back, you kind of look at, okay, what did you do? What what do you what's in place that you can make your your organization successful in sports? And they may follow a lot of those, and maybe just a few because a, f- a few of those rules because basketball is inside. Um, but I I think it I think it will come back. Um, do I know when it'll come back? No. I mean, could we look at something where baseball comes back in like September or October? Maybe so. I think they want to finish this season out. It's only right to finish the season before you start a new one. Right. And talking about the NFL uh, draft and the way it was, it, and it was, and I mean, they did a real good job, but the question I have is because of COVID-19, do you feel, and I'm asking this because of your experience with sports, and that's going to be a big, that's a topic. Do you feel that there was a, uh, because of COVID-19, that there was a lot of players who really didn't get a chance to get a good look? Because, I mean, when I numbers, and I was looking at, there was a lot of, not a lot of D2, 3 schools really got a chance to players got a chance to get drafted or looked at. And I mean, I only saw one HBCU school that actually drafted a player. And I think that was in the fifth or uh, sixth round. And I mean, well, do you I, think that, well, let, I guess here, let's, let's, let's put the, 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 the talk about the elephant in the room is okay. you know, back, back, back when I played high school ball, all, all I wanted to do was play for a, a historically black school. I went, ended up playing D one somewhere else. But um, but that was that was towards the time the end of the '90s where historically black schools really had like those really good talented teams. Um, now a lot of those players are going to Alabama and LSU and stuff like that. Um, so the so the talent is not necessarily there. Are there some talented players in HBC, HBCU schools? Oh yeah, most most definitely. Um, now to also answer your question about did, did were there some players that maybe missed the opportunity? because of COVID-19, 100% yes. And this is what some of the other players have told me before. Like, they missed out on those opportunities to showcase their talent in their own personal pro days. Um, it, it, it's the reality. It, it is a side effect of what's going on right now. So there could be somebody from Hampton University or Tuskegee or, you know, or the school I always wanted to play for, Grambling State. Like, uh, there may be someone at that particular school who who could have got an opportunity but missed out because – they didn't have that face-to-face contact with a with a with a scout, or weren't able to showcase their talent in a pro day. Now, do you think going back to that? Do you think X? Do you think XFL is coming back? Uh no, no. I think they've already. I think they already lost so much money at the beginning of the season um, that they were already struggling. That COVID nineteen literally hit them at the worst time, and I feel bad for the XFL. Uh, but I, I feel like it wasn't successful enough for them to be like, okay, when COVID-19 goes away, let's bring it back. Because they were also saying recently, they just said it, that which, uh, the uh, owner's trying to sell XFL. That's why I brought that up. And, and... I mean, yeah, I mean, but I, like I said, um, 
I didn't think the XFL would be successful before this second version of the XFL would come out again. I'm not trying to hate. I want people to, to succeed. It's just something with with the NFL that's just so dominant, and it's like there are a lot of people who try to duplicate it, but can can never live up to what the NFL provides, and it never is never successful. So you bring that up, and I wanted to kind of elaborate on that what you just said. So do you think there is a a model, a training model for developed players where they can get developed when they can't get to the NFL? I mean, we talk about Alabama, Michigan, Texas, Oklahoma, but I mean, all the players can't go there. Yeah. So, so the only way for, and I thought of this before when the XFL first came out, the only way for the XFL or the, uh, uh, what was it, Lions Football League, something like yeah. that. One of those organizations to really survive is if they partnered up in some particular way and did it exactly like the NBA G League, where this league is supported by the big dog because the NBA G League is supported by the NBA. The NBA owns their developmental team. Right. Um, the NFL doesn't have a developmental team like that that they can choose from. Will that be beneficial to all NFL teams? 100% most definitely they because every single Tuesday they bring all these play well more than just Tuesday but they bring players in to have these these workouts and stuff like that and you don't really know how they're going to play in the field in real life football um, you hope they do you watch your tape and you see what they do in front of you and you know their the scouting report for maybe other previous workouts and what they did in college but if if I if two of my running backs got hurt and I knew that James Jones was killing it for the NFL XFL G League. Like now I know what he did last week, Saturday, for an example. Now let me pick him up and try to use him on Sunday. So so Darren, why won't they do that? Why won't they come up with that model? Why? Well, maybe I'm this is something that the big dogs in the NFL maybe need to think about. You know, I'm not in their I'm not in their purse. I don't know what their money looks like. I don't know where they invest their stuff in. Um they, I don't know what their medical reports necessarily look like where you may be at more more at risk of guys getting concussions, and you know they the NFL wants no part to do with that. So if you have a guy playing on, you have more athletes playing on on another day, you're gonna have to deal with more medical claims, more lawsuits, uh, more head concussions. You have to deal with that. Uh, on top of like these players aren't gonna play for free, you're gonna have to pay them. So what are you gonna pay them? Is it enough money to pay them? Is it? Is there someone in that meeting? They're like, okay, you know what? We can pay them fifty dollars per game. You know how many people are not going to play for fifty dollars per game and risk their life? Um, you know what? What makes a lot of money for the NFL are these television deals. If you know how many people watch the NBA G League on television? When was the last time you watched an NBA G League team? I mean, I actually exactly. have a season ticket, so I actually go. But I don't okay, all right. Well, you're you're watch you're you're rare. I, you're 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 rare. But you know, I I covered the the Rio Grande Valley Vipers for a long time. I always care about what they do. But like, it's hard as heck for me to actually find them on television. Right. Like you can watch some streaming online from their website or something like that. Facebook. But like, but the viewership it's not that high. So when you look at advertisers that want to that want to invest their money. They're going to look at, okay, how many people are watching this Rio Grande Valley Viper team? Oh, we only have 15 viewers today. I'm not going to want to invest my money on that. And if I don't invest my money, the Vipers aren't making any money. And so that money that's not being made are not, is not going to go to the players because there's no, there's no money to give them. It all comes down to money, my man. If people were paying billions of dollars to watch the XFL, the XFL will still be around. If people were paying billions of dollars to have some type of like G League or or um, like junior varsity NFL team, it, it would be around. Money makes the world go round. Yeah, I know. And right yeah. now, it's probably not a good investment for the NFL. I know, especially for my Dallas Cowboys. But hey, I'm a, I'm a, that's gonna be my last. They thing. they have they have money. They have <laughs> money, and you, and you see what they've been doing with it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, that's gonna be my last transition. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on Last Dance coming out right now? Man, it's one. I'm glad they they released it at this particular time when most people will have nothing else to do and something to watch. But um, but it it just brings back so many memories of my childhood. Um, you know, I did a podcast yesterday and I was on there with someone who 
who was like, man, when, when Jordan retired for the first time, I wasn't even born yet. And I, I just blew my mind. I was like, this guy. So, you know, I, I remember exactly where I was when Jordan retired for the first time. Um, but watching this documentary, growing up as a diehard New York Knicks fan, remember that? I was a diehard New York Knicks fan. So, and my dad was from, my dad is from the south side of Chicago. So think of that household growing up, like where dad rules, like dad always got the last laugh because his bulls will always beat our Knicks. If Michael Jordan didn't exist, the Knicks probably would have had about three or four rings right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's, that's not the case, but is, is, I remember Jordan mentioning like a lot of people are going to dislike him when they watch this documentary. And to me, I actually like Michael Jordan more. I like authentic people. I like people who keep it real and, and you see him cry like he did last night's in last night's episode, you know, when he was like, let's, you know, cut, let's take a break. Um, but then you see how much he really wanted to win a championship. And that was his only goal was to win a championship. And if I was playing for a particular team, I want a Michael Jordan on my team and not not necessarily the Michael Jordan because of his great play. But I want Michael Jordans that have the mental capacity to do whatever it takes to win. There are a lot of weak minded people that I've played with. There are weak people who have weak minds that I'm in this broadcasting business with. And I'm out here trying to win it. Maybe not at all costs. I don't want to kill myself. But um, but if you're down to try to win and you have that mentality that it's just like leave no doubt, oh, you can roll with me any day. And that's what I got out of Michael Jordan. Well, he's uh, I mean, it brought a lot of memories back watching Kabal during that time watching Detroit, watching LA. I mean, um and and the, I mean doing this uh, uh it's it just it, uh, those were memories that damn, that's a long time. I mean, it's just like watching Mom and Ali box, you know, and which was free at that time during that time where you didn't have to mm-hmm. pay it all that. But um also, so what is your thoughts on NCAA and Brandy, I'm kind of throwing a lot of different topics, but I mean, these are, you know, uh, these are a lot of some of the, 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 the top stuff that's kind of trending is kind of going around. But I mean, paying athletes money and that kind of goes back to, you know, when I was talking about, you know, NFL trying to come up with a, a G League, we say, but now NCAA, hopefully 2021, I believe, is when they're going to, I mean, really start having players make it out their likeness. Um, what is your thoughts? I think, I think athletes, college athletes should have got paid a long time ago. College athletes should have got paid when I played college ball. And that was what, 20 years ago now. Whoa. Um, you know, the O'Bannon brothers goes before that. I think they were what mid nineties, I think when they yeah. were at UCLA, but, uh, but like, no, it's not even a, but, like the athletes need to get paid, and I was just talking to another another athlete about this maybe two days ago, where student athletes we could not get a full time job. Sports was our full time job, and and people look at us and call us jocks and say, "Oh, we're not taking our education seriously." We're taking our education seriously, but we're working another full time job that's taking a lot of our time, and we're not getting paid for it. Then on top of that, you have some athletes that may be stealing or people or athletes that are struggling because when you're a full-time student and then you're a full-time athlete, how much time do you actually really have to actually get a job to make some money? Maybe the summertime you can get a summer, summer camp job or something like that, like I did. But what about some of the players who literally come from the worst parts of Memphis, Tennessee, or the worst parts of Miami, or the, the, you know, the, the, the toughest parts of Washington, D.C.? where their mom and dad, or maybe there's no father in the household and it's just their mother who's trying to work two or three, four jobs just to support our other kids. How is, how is that athlete going to get any money to just buy themselves a cheeseburger so they can eat at night after doing all their homework and all their work throughout the day? Cause the dining hall is closed. Like you got to think of stuff like that. When you look at all these big power so uh, conferences, well, when you, that's, and that's what I was getting to. When you look at all these power conferences, you, you look at how much revenue that these teams actually bring in because they know that they sign the checks and they also read their invoices and, and receipts. They get all this money in and that should dictate what players should get paid because a player at Alabama should not get, uh, excuse me, let me rephrase that. A player at the University of Rhode Island should not get paid as much as a player from Alabama because Alabama is making so much more money than the, than the University of Rhode Island. 
And and that's going to be something where they're going to have to figure out the percentage of, okay, what's our what's our yearly income? What do we what are we making? And then have basically almost like professional athletes have this collective bargaining agreement where where athletes make a certain percentage off these these power conferences. And maybe it's the school gets two percent of whatever it is. And that two percent gets gets divided up between the entire team. What happens you when know, you have a what happens when you have a, a SWAC school or HBC oh, let's say HBC school is struggling to make their to pay their their bills, period. How do they pay the players? I mean they can't. Am I right? Well that's well that's why I'm mentioning it but no, but that's where it mentions where they comes into what income do they what kind of money do they do they uh what kind of revenue do they have? If they're not making a lot of money, then just like any pro- professional team, you can't pay the athletes a lot of money. Now, when these now when these uh, HBCUs play these big schools and they get paid from these schools to play them, you know that's money that they get right there. Or you have some of the HBCUs that that are on national television that time. There's a television deal there. Now I get it. Like HBCUs, like they they are really struggling to to make money. Right. Um, now I'm looking at everything as a whole, as an NCAA in general. There's not black, white, whatever. It like it's just the entire NCAA. What kind of revenue does your school, does your conference bring in? And whatever your conference bring in, that's how much money you make. It's like a business. Yeah. I can't, I can't. You can't pay round hole uh, donuts the same amount of money that Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme is making, but little little round hole donut company could maybe build themselves up because at one point Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme was just one little shop that then built up to become uh, a, a a huge franchise. So so now you thinking that do you think I mean once that, that pass in Alabama, I mean either Alabama's only going to take a certain amount of people anyway. Texas going to only pay. Michigan is it? So it doesn't even matter. The bottom line is, you know, kids. I, I, I mean, I guess to the point where, who has the, who gives me the best money? But also, what's your chance of actually going pro? You know, it's like TCU. I mean, this past year, this draft. If you looked at it, TCU just, I mean, blew up this year. I don't think they've never. I don't even think they've never had this many people get drafted, and in, in the NFL draft. Am I correct? I mean, you might be. You probably know a little bit more. Well, t- are you talking about TCU? Yeah. Well, TCU had um, uh, I can't remember the quarterback's name. Who? Uh, yeah, in fact, he just got arrested though. Oh, you talking about the one? Yeah, that like guy. they had they had that's they had that's what. No, not Andy Dalton, but I mean, and Andy Dalton's before that, but Andy Dalton's a a, a particular a good right. guy. But uh, but TCU had a really decent squad for like five or six years straight. And it, I think it kind of started off with the Andy Dalton days. I can't remember the, uh, the quarterback, but I think his receiver was, um, uh, gosh, he used to be here in DC, but he didn't, he, my man didn't catch anything. Uh, I know you're talking about Josh. Yeah, Doxon. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Josh Doxon. Like, um, so no, there, there's, there's some talent that comes out of there. I mean, I worked in Texas, man. Tech, Texas brings out producing some talent, crazy talent. Um, but you know, part of part of this idea that I have as far as in how these athletes could get paid is they don't get paid until they either one they graduate, um, or maybe declare for the the NFL draft. Maybe when they declare for the NFL draft, it's they forfeit that particular money. That will then motivate some people to actually stay in school. Um, right. But I think it, it all comes down to what money you brought in. If your team stunk in your freshman year and then you were part of that process of making that team really good and boosting up that television revenue and bringing in a lot of money, then you should get paid for that. But you don't get that until you graduate. What if you paid your money, your your entire school? I don't know. I was just paying your entire schooling, your entire tuition back to the school. I mean, that's just maybe and that money can go back into a pool for other players. So if they do, I, I'm not, I'm not. On, I'm so not what I was, what, I, what I was throwing up an idea was, okay, if they do, I mean, if a player is getting paid off his likeness and also, and let's just say the player gets drafted, top round draft pick, first round, uh, a portion of his money needs to go back to the school to pay off. I mean, I was just saying, 
you talking about you talking about an athlete who declares for the draft their junior year, like the money that they would have got for their scholarship their senior year should go to they, someone else. They, let's say the likeness. Well, well, they they kind well they they kind of they kind of do on that because you're only allowed a certain amount of scholarships per particular team, and so when one player on scholarship leaves, that opens up the hole for another scholarship okay. for someone else to take. But I was just trying to come up with a different idea of how, you know, you can. I mean, if they are making money out their likeness, giving back to the community, giving back to the school, a way to give it. I guess. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I don't think this, man. I I don't I don't think like there is different for different schools. I you know I I I get it. it's di- it's different. You know, I it would be the, if a player went to Alabama and then he left Alabama, like, should he give money back to Alabama? Alabama doesn't need right. any money, man. <laughs> Alabama, Alabama does not, Alabama does not need any money. If anything, maybe if they, if they created something where the, where some of his likeness went back to a charity of, of his choosing, I don't, but, but Alabama does not need oh. any money. The NCAA does not need any money. They can't remember. They canceled the whole NCAA tournament. This is, in basketball, that was their that's their biggest money maker. You don't hear anybody crying because yeah, they got money. TV rights, exactly. just like you said, TV rights. TV pays the bills, and so so I want to kind of the last thing I want to do is kind of talk about the uh, NFC East. Even though you're in DC, you know you are part of that DC fan that covers the uh, 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 the uh, Redskins, and so. What is your what is your thoughts on on the NFC East this year? I, I hate to be biased, but I gotta be biased. Um, I I always felt like the Redskins had a decent squad, and I just think they had bad coaching and players who kind of weren't motivated and pushed. And I think this particular team is going to be a little bit different. Do I think they're going to win the NFC East? It wouldn't surprise me if they do. Um, however, you're going to probably look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys that will um, will be a threat to that again. Because the Dallas Cowboys, I think they added some really good pieces to their particular team. I picked them to win the NFC East last year. Then, wow. you know, Philly came along. I think Philly got lucky. I think Philly got, like, lucky uh, in a weak conference where the Dallas Cowboys literally just, like, ran over a nail and had a flat tire. Um so I would probably go with probably the Dallas Cowboys winning the NFC East, maybe the Redskins finishing uh, uh, finishing second, and possibly um, so winning the, the division. Who do you think is going to be the quarterback of the Redskins when the season starts? Dwayne Haskins. You don't think they're going to try to Dwayne Haskins? Another back there. No, no, it's what? No, oh. it's Dwayne Haskins. I'll call Dwayne. Matter of fact, I got to call his dad back right now. <laughs> It's it's doing it's it's doing yeah he, he called me earlier today I got to call him back because he called me yesterday I wasn't gonna bother him because it was Mother's Day he should oh. be doing something for his wife, um, but um, nah man Dwayne Haskins that guy he like Dwayne always talk when we talk he's a future he's a he's a future of the franchise Alex Smith I love him to death um I it's an amazing story that he's coming back I don't I I can't I I want that moment for him to go out and take that one snap. But to come in and, and outshine Dwayne Haskins, I don't think it's going to happen. And then, uh, then really anybody else they brought in. Um, and I, I apologize, I just went blank on his name from Carolina that was under Ron Rivera. But Ron Rivera brought him in because he knew he was a good backup. If he had to be the starter, he'll be the starter. But he's okay being a backup. It's Dwayne Haskins' show, man. He got the keys to the car. It's up to him to drive it. And I'm a, I'm a Dallas is going to be the last thing I talk about. But I, I need to go to Philly. What do you think about Philly's backup quarterback? He's going to be a backup quarterback. <laughs> you know what I'm he, talking about, don't you? The new draft. Pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, not. I mean, not this year. You know, I like not, not, not this year. I don't think there's a. I, I always, I always think it's like, it's, it's always tough to for for any rookie to to come in right away and play right away. Now, listen, Jalen Hurts is, I, I, 
think he's great. You know, I, I liked him when he was at Alabama. Um, he got beaten out at yeah. Alabama. Let's not forget that. Um, he also, he also, um, I'm trying to remember who he played in the, uh, 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 who they lost to in the bowl game. Um, but, but I like, I like, I like Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen, Oklahoma play LSU, I think, but they lit up, they lit up Jalen Hurts. Um, maybe next year and, 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 and see what happens. But, but Jalen Hurts to me is going to be a backup. I hope I eat my words. I don't, I don't like anybody to not succeed. Um, if Jalen Hurts comes in and, he, and he's an All Pro, shoot, I'm gonna give him a high five in the air because I can't be, you know, I won't be around him. But I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is gonna be a starting is gonna be your starting quarterback next year unless injuries and, and, take place. And Tua, you, what do you do? You expect him to play this year? He's gonna be. You think he's gonna? Yeah. See, see, Tua, see, Tua's a Tua's a little bit different. Um, I think Tua's one of those guys where it's like. You have no other choice. I mean, who, who else is who else nobody. is there for Miami? You have nobody. Um, I mean, who, who, who they, who they have? I mean, they have some some older heads. Um, but but the Dolphins have no other choice but to figure out some way to get Tua in there to play um, right away. And may and maybe not necessarily even just 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 right away because you always, I mean you still have Fitzpatrick there. And everybody knows Ryan Fitzpatrick can come in and it's Fitzmagic magic and he can do some some amazing things. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has never been that guy that you want to lead your team year after year after year. If that if that wasn't the case, Ryan Fitzpatrick would have never played for like 50 billion teams. And I, I'm, I'm just trying to think like who I'm trying to think. Of all I, I remember he was Dolphins. Then he was the Buccaneers. I remember with the Jets. I remember him with the Bills. Bengals. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, if he was that main, if he was that main guy, he would have still been with the team that that uh that picked him up in the draft, which I think was was your other boy who got uh, went from Jacksonville to uh, to uh, Chicago. One year wonder. It was with Philly, isn't it? Man, we up there sports, and I can't think of uh, Nick Foles. Yeah, I, I, it's bad because Nick actually had like a really good season in Philly, and then it just kind of just went. Um, but I, I mean, that's what happens sometimes. It, it's it's the NFL, man. This guy's coming in every single day trying to perform. There's some people who you think were great, and next thing you know they don't live up to their yeah, expectations. And that's what somebody all, said that, all the time uh, when they brought Nick in. The coach actually looked at the tape of what he did real good. And then, I mean, and that they kind of put that together and, and, and that's what really helped him because, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in Chicago, but I mean, and I look at a lot of other players who try to w- go from one team to the next, uh, trying to get more money, which, you know, everybody wants their money. Everybody wants to get paid. And so that kind of goes back to my, to my last guy, and uh, because I don't want to take too much of your time, but my Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, what is your, what is your thoughts? I mean, I, we just heard today that they're trying to talk about taking the franchise tag off of him. I don't know if you heard that. Well, all right. Well, one is, um, I'm trying to think that they placed that franchise tag on yeah. it. Was, I think it was like March or something like that. Now, see this now. It could be a good thing for for Dak Prescott if they take the franchise tag off of him. They may be able then to work a nice long term contract, which which is what he wanted. I mean, I get. I, I'm assuming you're a Cowboys fan. You do you want Dak Prescott to be your yeah, guy for yeah, many years? I mean, that's, I mean, why? Wait, why? Why? Wait, why? You, I think you know. That, I, first of all, there's a head. I, I I have this. I have this saying. I have this saying that I tell. Uh, some of the people I mentor, I'm like, if you have doubt, leave it out. And the way you just answer that question sounds like you have a lot of but I, doubt. You know, first of all, I'm from I'm from Jacks, Mississippi, so I'm a Mississippi boy, and so I am I am 100 behind that. Uh, I feel that I mean, I, again, it's it's all about the money. Now, I mean, we're gonna see this year. That's all I can say. 
I'm just in favor of, of players getting getting paid because, um, you know, I, I'll do a lot of commentaries and a lot of players who, when they get out of the league, like three years after they're done, go through some type of like financial issue. And and in the NFL, it's a rough sport. And your your career can end any second. And you put your life into that. I started playing football when I was eight years old. You put your life into it and to to make money off right. of, let's say, like your likeness or your ability, knowing that it could end tomorrow because, you know, a lot of stuff isn't guaranteed. A lot of contracts aren't guaranteed money um, for him to get that when he's still at least able to still play the game is very important to him. And, I, and it's important for me for other players to have that same thing as well, because I would hate to be in a position where I'm balling out. And yet you give me just, you know, obviously you make good money off of the franchise tag, but it's not a long, long-term contract where all of a sudden you get hurt week five, then what are you going to do if, when you, when you can never come back to the game again, your contract. Will that's just one of the things I don't, we, there was a, uh, uh, an interview and he was like, you know, we've been trying to work with Dak, but Dak's got to help us out a little bit too. And I mean, it, that was like two weeks ago when he said that. And now they're starting to talk more because they got time on their hand to talk right now. But yeah, you want you want to know some you want to know something funny that I some something funny I remember because I, I like I told you I used to work in Texas and. um I don't, I, maybe it was like last week or something like this, but I saw this this graphic. I'm mm-hmm. a big stat guy, and I was looking at like the comparison between Dak Prescott and Tony Romo, and and I think they both like had like one particular year they had the same record. Maybe it was like the end of a contract year or something. Maybe when they wanted an extension, but they had the same record. Like passing yards were the same, uh, were pretty identical. Completion percentage was pretty close and stuff like that. But like Tony Romo got the uh 100 uh plus i think it was 108 million with like 50 something million guaranteed but they put up similar numbers so why not give Dak prescott that same type of contract well you know money goes up maybe it's even more uh that's a good question you know i mean i'm not trying to put no no uh black and white situation in there i mean it's, that's <laughs> you can't. It's, rea- it's a reality in this. It's, it's, you must. You must not. You must not watch my my shows. Like, I need to start uh, watching your shows more. I'm, I'm That's very, what I need to. I'm very. I. I am very fair. I'm very neutral, and I'll speak about. I'll speak about racial issues as well. But I'll. I'll play it on both sides. You know, like I've. I was. You know, I, I'm. I was nominated for a certain award because of my commentary on the N word, and and part of that I'll mention like. That goes for the N word, the the you know the two. There's two different N words. Like both of them both need to stop because there are a lot of people out here who aren't African American who think the word is the same. Right. Um. So I'll I'll speak on both, but you know I'm a guy who dealt with police brutality, so I'll I'll speak up and support Colin Kaepernick in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Um. And I do it on television, and there are people who will get upset and be like, "Oh, I I, I don't like when you talk about X, Y, and Z." But then I, t- I explained to them the story about either how my brother got expelled because someone called him the N-word and beat him up, but he decided to fight back and hurt the kid when he was defending himself. But he got expelled and he had to go through the tutor and he missed his graduation because someone called him the N-word or the times where I was called the N-word and I got jumped when I was on a golf course, which I just happened to work at. Or you look at the police brutality where they pulled me over and beat me up over over a dang on ticket that was 10 years old that I had no clue about and all I was asking was what I did like it's so so the thing that I I'm always like a closed mouth doesn't get fed and I'm not speaking about wrong issues I'm speaking about life issues things people actually go through I'm not making this up if you don't want to hear about it then that's ignorant on your part not you but just just people people in general it's a it's a reality of this particular world that goes for women's rights the me too movement i speak on a women's behalf as well matter of fact i i was happy when we hired a woman to be my sports anchor because i can speak about women's rights all the time as a man but i'm not a woman 
And so now I have a woman who can speak on that behalf because, you know, diversity and inclusion is important to me. And what is a whole uh, a room with all male, uh, all men in a particular room talking about sports? How are we going to relate to the U.S. women's not, uh, right. national team if we're not? And women? again, you, you are correct. I mean, because kind of going back to that, you know, all the other top quarterbacks have gotten paid. I mean, and he's still sitting around looking outside the window, trying to look in and trying to figure out what they're going to do. And I mean, again, let's be honest. They, the Cowboys, this is the first Afro-American quarterback they've had in a long time that's been this good. We're still trying to figure out uh, what happened to Quincy Carter. But, uh, you know, that's a different story right there. You know, I mean, it's just – it's so funny. When when Quincy uh, was playing, I mean, you know, and and you never had a – I don't think there's never been a starting quarterback to get cut in doggone practice. I, 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 I mean, I don't know if you remember that, that day. I you remember Quin- that. I remember Quincy. <laughs> I remember Quincy, man. No, no, I – I I I remember Quincy very 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 well. Matter of fact, I remember I remember covering Quincy uh, when he came down to play uh, that's for right. an arena team. That's right, because he was down when I was in the Rio Grande Valley. That's what I thought. Yeah, he yeah, was down. Oh, yeah, so yeah. he's 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 still in Dallas doing whatever. But I mean, it's just the point of you know, uh, Dak is a. Uh, I mean, this is a new generation, uh, and. I mean, it's going to be very interesting what's going to happen. I mean, you know, Ezekiel, we all jumped on him because he decided he wanted to go to the Bahamas or wherever came in islands and, and enjoy himself while he holding out. And they knew that they had to pay him, which, again, NFL means not for long. You only have a certain period of time. Wait, I got hold on, I got I got to stop you, my man. What is wrong with a player? Going to the Cayman Islands. Well, I'm just saying, when they're hey, not particularly you, well. Dallas, you know how Dallas is, the sports writer. But, but the, I listen. I then this is not a Dak Prescott thing. <laughs> this is the people of Dallas thing, on how they could be judgmental. Because Dak, because uh, because Ezekiel Elliott, like he didn't have the season like you would want him to have, but he came back pretty well in shape. So so it wasn't like he was in the Cayman Islands at some uh, like all-inclusive resort drinking up and eating up and not working out. My man came back ready to ball. And so that's why, that's why it's kind of like one of those where it's like, like why are we having a problem where someone else is going? If they have the money and means to do it, let them travel as long as they're still getting their work in. You know, I can, I can do my sports cast from my living room now in quarantine, but I can go to my mother's house and do the same thing. Nah, is there anything wrong you, going to my mom's house? So why is there an issue going into why is there an issue for Ezekiel hey, Elliott going to the Cayman people, Islands? You know, I, you know how Dallas people, the sports teams are. Then, then that's then that's a then that's a these people and Dallas Cowboys people thing, not an Ezekiel Elliott thing. And that's why I look past all that that smoke and that fog and really get so, straight down to the point. There's people out, there's people out here doing worse things. Then going to the Cayman Islands no. and then showing up. For so, work. what are your uh, the last thing I want to say is, so what do you think is going to happen with uh, with Dak and the Cowboys? Do you foresee them signing before the deadline, which is July? Is it July the first? Uh, I can't remember the date off the top of my head. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I gotta, and because the reason why I don't know necessarily what their cap space is, um, but what I do know is, is that they, they already went through their NFL draft, so they, so they picked up particular players that you want to pick up. A lot of teams, you know, wait until after the draft. They take, they try to fill particular holes, and when they fill those holes, they're like, okay, we fill these holes. We don't have to pay some, a veteran, a large amount of money. Or that when we fill these holes, now we do have a large amount of money that we can pay a veteran. And so I don't, I don't know the Dallas Cowboys cap space as of right now. So I don't, ha- I don't know what, what they're looking at. It's not like Major League Baseball where you, there's no salary cap, but you know they pay the luxury tax. It's a little bit different. Um, so I can't answer that off the top of my head because I, I don't know what, I, I don't know what, what Jerry Jones' pocketbook looks like. Month, 
the next two months, not two months, we will find out. So you, do you feel that the last thing is I wanted to ask you about C.D. Lamb? What do you? What is your thoughts on him? Man, <laughs> uh, you 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 are a uh, what was I gonna? What, what am I thinking about? Um, gosh, what's what's what am I thinking about? Uh, you are a hey man, I'm hard just, Dallas Cowboys. You know, man. like I think you ain't watched. I, I, I throw um, in there with you, but like, <laughs> yeah. But I, I I was like literally. When you when you when you said C D Lamb, I'm like I'm like, man, you you yeah. have me answering eight questions about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I like C D Lamb in college. He was a baller in college. Straight baller. Yeah, straight baller. See NFL though, my, my man. I mean Yeah, because he gonna... You know, I, I like he can he I'm sure he's gonna be really, really good. Don't get me wrong. Um but I like C.D. Lamb. Should he play right away? Most definitely. Well, he ain't got no choice to play right away. Because he's probably going to go in the middle. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, so, I'm not sure. Yeah, he ain't got no choice right now. But, Darren, man, you know, I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to uh, to come on this show and share your minutes, minutes with our audience. Um I will. Uh, that's all today. I'm Daryl Duvall. Thanks for uh, listening to Chalk Talk. Take care and please come back next week. So, hey, Darren, thanks, man. All right. No problem, uh, man. Anytime. Let me know if you need anything else.